Good evening everyone and welcome to Be Hourglass with Isabella. I'm here with Daniel and we're in bed. Hello, we're in bed. Welcome. So what is the, what's the topic? Why are we in bed? What's the topic? So I wanted to ask you some questions about lucid dreaming. So as, as you know, I don't, I, I say that I don't dream and, and I know that that's obviously not the case, but I don't remember my dreams. I don't interact with them. Um, I generally just sleep through the night and then I wake up in the morning and live this life that is a dream. So I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about what lucid dreaming is. So first of all, I want you to know you're not alone in what you said earlier when you said, you know, I don't remember my dreams very often or that, of course, you're right. That doesn't mean you're not dreaming every time you enter stage five. We call it sleep in your REM. You are you're dreaming. And a lot of people, and especially men, interestingly enough, that I've met, do not remember their dreams. You're not alone in that. But I do remember my dreams on a on a nightly basis. And I do do something called lucid dreaming. And I like to explain that to people as basically being that you are in a dream, but you are consciously aware that you were dreaming within the dream. And that usually comes about by some kind of trigger. Like you'll be in your dream going along in a field and you'll see something out of place that doesn't wouldn't naturally be in a field. So you've got rabbits and stuff, and then there's a robot, and you're kind of like, well, that doesn't quite compute with, you wouldn't see that in real life. And so by seeing something that's slightly like off kilter and not normal to the environment, it can actually trigger you to realize, oh, I'm dreaming. And the second you realize that, you actually have full control over your dreams to the point where you can manipulate your surroundings, you can change the terrain. A very common one that people love to do the most is to fly in their dreams. And it is hyper-realistic. I like to say, in, in my case, it's actually almost more real than the state, the world that we are currently in right now. So I love the concept of going to sleep because I'm always, I'm always so excited about what I can do in these lucid dreams. So when, when did you when did you start lucid dreaming? Is it just something that, that I mean, has it, has it always been with you since you were a child? Is it something that you intentionally learned? I intentionally learned it. It's not something that was with me as a child, but I know a lot of people have had that. I learned about it, actually. Um, I was actually watching a television program one night and a chap, he was actually this guy who designed a mask and it was a black sleep mask and it had a red light attached in the middle. Right, right. And the concept was while you were sleeping, it would flash the light, which you would actually see in your dream. And through the process of trial and error and learning, you'd eventually come to associate that red light with being lucid. So you could more... Was the idea that the... Enter that state. That the red light came on like as you enter... REM sleep yeah, or something like that? Cycle. Because I have, I actually own a uh, light and sound machine, right? Which is basically okay. some glasses that you wear that flashes LEDs and plays binaural beats. That's really um, interesting. And I've played around with it a little bit for, you know, inducing awake states of consciousness. It doesn't seem like something that would be very comfortable to sleep on, though. No, and I can one, imagine yeah. having the light flash the entire time well, we, wouldn't work because you, you wouldn't be able to get to sleep. You'd be awake, right. <laughs> this is a black, a black sleep mask. It's very comfortable to wear. Yeah. And the light isn't actually too obnoxious. But does it have some sort of EEG on, sensor? Yeah, it's on. I believe it's on some kind of time thing. In fact, this was many years ago, keep in mind, like over a decade ago. I have since updated it to a point where I've even seen adverts on Facebook as of recently for a similar product. Don't know if it's the same guy doing it. Right. But to answer your original question, 
I didn't ever buy that mask or learn. That's how I first learned about lucid dreaming was through his television show, and they were all talking about it. It was on some BBC4 thing. I thought, wow, this is fascinating. I wish I could do that because I already had. Is there a difference between BBC4 and BBC other, like one, two, three? Yeah, there's different channels, and they, well, originally they had different contents. BBC4 was always the more edgy, sometimes sometimes okay. a little sexier stuff, and then you got ITV and it's just British channels. Okay. But anyway, here nor there. <laughs> compared to the other thing so I knew that's when I learned about lucid dreaming I couldn't do it at that point um, and then I remember specifically it was actually right before I went to university I had um, a dream and accidentally became lucid in it and that was the key once I experienced it once it was like opening it unlocked the floodgates it. Oh, it, un it unlocked the potential where I could do it more and more and at first I would only have a lucid dream maybe once a year that is how rare it was to get into that lucky it was very lucky when it happened but now I've got to a space where I can lucid dream every night sometimes multiple times in different dreams so do you the think night. do you think it has something to do with the fact that you were actively looking for it like that that maybe before you knew about lucid dream before you watched the television program for instance these weird things might happen in your dreams and you were just you sort would of over, you would yeah. overlook it but now that now that you knew about it and it was seated in your brain that somehow your yes, subconscious was, was like aha yeah, you can do this. This is this. If there was a potential for that. And then once once you have that, I started going further than that. I actually conducted experiments in my sleep. While I, I was remember losing. you telling me about this. So you would give people email. You'd give I, them yes, I would talk. It was very silly, addresses. of course, looking back. But you don't know. It's important. No, I, I, so I would ask people, you know, what's your email address? I would like to try and email you in real life when I wake up just to see if you're a real person or if this yeah, is yeah, just yeah. a purely brain-focused dream state, you know. And then another time I uh, asked for the lottery numbers and actually we bought tickets and things because we thought, my father and I were like, yeah, we're going to win the lottery. That didn't work out, let me tell you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just fun to run experiments while you're doing it because you can push boundaries. Now, here's a fun one uh, and a rather adult topic here is that you can have sex in lucid dreams. And if you achieve, if you're lucky enough to achieve a climax, it's actually a real You can have a climax. wet lucid dream? Yes. Wow. So to the, to the point where I know the only reason I know it's real is because a couple of times it's very easy to be knocked out of a lucid dream. The only danger of being aware that you're lucid dreaming is the dream is likely to end a lot quicker because you, your brain will trick yourself out of it. But let's say you're having sex and you're climaxing. When I would wake up in real life, I would still be having the real orgasm. Wow. So that is really cool, right? That's excellent. Yeah. That 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 is that is that is worth. Yeah, it's like simulation sex. You can have sex with a werewolf or yeah. really random. So do you do you, th do you think that anybody can do it? I mean, yes. You know, you, you I do so. believe okay. it's a learnable skill that anyone who dreams, which we all do dream, can pick up with a bit of training. Uh, and it took me some training. It wasn't like it happened overnight. Right. And even then it would only happen once a year. But was it worth it to get to the point now where I literally can spend, you know, we spend half our lives asleep. I can consciously enjoy that time while I'm asleep. Well, so let me ask you about this. So, because you, you, you'd mentioned that this morning. So how long do you actually spend in the lucid dream? Do you think it's hard is it to is it actually so like real time like no, you know no. so if you're getting eight hours of sleep in, in you real can... in real life you know you're dreaming actually sometimes for a matter of seconds for real yeah. but here's there's a different perception of time while you're dreaming so sometimes you can feel like you're in a dream 
for hours or in some cases years and I know that's so I mean you're not really taking advantage of your eight hours of sleep time or whatever no, you're really it's, only it's you're, a simulation, you're taking right? you're taking advantage of like three seconds of it that right. you know, but might it be a lifetime like two years isn't that an extension on your life <laughs> no well that's that's a, that's a good way to look at it that's a good way to look at it so you know I I have over the years uh, been really interested in in sleep research in fact my bed right now uh, measures my sleep cycles Right. So the bed actually has a it's a it's a princess in the pea effect where it has this. I actually have this uh, this inflatable thing that flits under the mattress and it inflates and it can actually measure me rolling around and whatnot. And then in the morning I can look at it and see how well I slept. And so I can actually get and it will actually give me a number for how well I slept. It'll say, oh, your sleep score was 50 or your sleep score was 80 or something along these lines. I wonder if there would be some way that you could use that information in real time to to detect REM sleep and then and then like, you know, have something that would nudge me into into uh right. into no, lucid no, dreaming. I, I know what you're have you have you done any of the, the any research like in to see what 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 actually scientifically people have done experiment-wise? Yes, I have a couple of things. In fact, this morning I was reluctant actually to talk about this topic earlier a little bit, but there's something called an OOBE, which you know as an out-of-body experience, or some people call it astral projection. And I did a bunch of research on this because I was curious about it, and a lot of people actually believe it's just a higher state of lucid dreaming. But it's still dreaming, right? But it's more kind of an intensive version of that. So I looked up this thing. And this is the same as the magical astral projection? Yes, one one and the same. They are mm. the same same thing. The idea is that you are taking your, your spirit out of your body and that you can travel anywhere. And you were talking about scientific experiments and mm. I was reading earlier about this chap, he's a nuclear physicist, and he wrote this um, book called My Big T dot O dot E. I don't know. Theory why it's of called. everything. Oh, I thought it was toe. No. I was like, it's about his feet. I was really comfortable. Thank you for that. That has no helped problem. me a lot. No problem. That he did an experiment uh, with him and a colleague in a lab setting, and they were attached up to a bunch of wires and stuff to measure the brain waves and everything. Because a lot of you will probably, some of you listening may have even had sleep studies, and they'll put you in the lab and they attach all these sticks. What if you sleep as well with all you those don't, wires I'm and sure stuff? I'm sure you I mean, don't. I'm sure it's really yeah. hard to sleep in a lab setting covered in wires. It's going to be very uncomfortable. But that aside, you know, they, they basically had numbers written up on a chalkboard, and then they asked the participants while they were sleeping in their lucid dream state to read off the numbers or use astral projections they call it to travel to a different space to read the numbers and what's fascinating about this particular article you can find it on reddit is that um some of the answers actually well if it's on reddit up. it must be true yeah it's all the things on so, well, so so that's an interesting question right so but the book is obviously and the guy is i looked it up, I, I, got a I believe it i believe it so the, the question would be you know if you were you found you would wake up you'd find yourself in a dream you'd be dreaming about you know you'd be in some other environment entirely and then you would have to will yourself will the dream to go back and look at yourself while you're sleeping like well, say so, okay i need to go back to the lab now well i think one, in order to read the board yeah i think one thing that everyone agrees with regardless if we do or do not know what the OOBE truly is right i think ultimately there's got to be a very easy scientific explanation for the sensation we experience when people <laughs> no no it's going to be easy i mean at the yeah. end of the day it seems like it's fundamental to the question of what is consciousness itself right but what, which is not an easy question yeah, we don't match the topic 
consciousness is a whole topic I'd love to have for an episode to discuss. Yeah. But one thing everybody agrees has these experiences is that when you astrally project or leave the bodies, you look down and you see yourself in the bed sleeping or whatnot or do or laying there or meditating or whatever it is you're doing and you can physically it's a bird's eye view and they also have something they call remote viewing it's fascinating but i strongly believe it's still in what we call the hypnagogic and hypnopompic states so when you when you when you start to fall asleep uh, it's known as hypnagogic and so you'll hear these stories and i'm this is a great thing to discuss this and I'm sure some of you experience this, it's called sleep paralysis, and that's this sensation where your body is paralyzed, you cannot move, but you are awake, and you can see things around you, and you usually perceive a threat. So they call it old hag syndrome, because more often than not, you would see this intimidating black figure, which is where the term historically the old hag came from. However, now, thanks to science, uh, we know basically what is happening is that you're in your hypnagogic state, which is the first stage when you're starting to kind of fall asleep, right? Or you can also experience it in your hypnopompic state, which is when you're starting to wake up. But either way, you're paralyzed and you can't move and you feel a weight on your chest. In reality, what's happening is when you go to sleep, your body produces a chemical which essentially paralyzes you and it has a great purpose, we need it, to stop us from enacting out our dreams. Because if we don't get enough of this chemical, that's how we get sleepwalkers. Because they don't have enough going on, so they're walking around while they're dreaming. Right, and that's how that comes about. Ah. So it serves a very important purpose. And when people are seeing the hallucinations in the room, and often we see in the paranormal field, people will be like, "Well, I definitely saw a ghost. I was. It was standing at the end of my bed, and it was just as real as everything else in the room." Yes, that was a real hallucination. It was a right. hypnagogic hallucination, which is actually imagine you're dreaming, and dreaming is like a computer, and it's projecting these wonderful, intense images while you dream. It's just getting confused and it's projecting the image into your bedroom and it always goes away. It can only last like, it can feel like an eternity if you have sleep paralysis, but in real life it's about six seconds. So and do you think you the, the lucid dreaming is maybe the, the same sort of concept but with consciousness? So rather than, you know, there being a chemical that, you know, paralyzes you, maybe there's a chemical that, that normally paralyzes your awake consciousness and... And, and what happens when you have this lucid dreaming is that somehow, you know, that, that, that chemical is imbalanced. This or leads on to the, the question, why don't you in particular remember your dreams? What happens is your body actually produces an amnesia chemical is actually what happens so that you forget and mm. you will forget most of your dreams. And in fact, if you have something called night terrors, which is where people wake up and if you've had children often get this because their brains are not fully developed yet and they're still growing and you'll, the child will wake up screaming bloody murder. You know, it's terrifying saying they saw something in the room. Well, they did. They, they saw a legitimate hallucination. It's actually perfectly natural and it's often, you know, in children. Unfortunately, some people get night terrors and I myself have experienced them as adults. But what happens is that amnesia chemical usually comes into effect and you will forget. So even if I have them now, I rarely remember them. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's fascinating, right? I think I think sleep is one of my favorite. So things I read to something study. somewhere about about people that keep um, dream diaries. Is that yep. is that something that, that you think is helpful? Help, very helpful. So and especially if you have a problem remembering your dreams, because even you here's an example, Dan. You definitely remember some of your dreams because every year you have this dream that's recurring. We talk about recurring <laughs> dreams. I do. I know exactly Burning where you're man. going. It's where I'm at Burning Man, and it's it's the Sunday after Burning Man, and Burning Man is over. And I've missed it somehow because I've just stayed in camp the whole time. And and then I go around and see what Burning Man was. In fact, one year I had the best dream ever. It was imagine imagine that, that rather than just building the man, somebody had actually dug up the playa and dug like this massive canyon and then built like a giant pyramid from it. <laughs> and then there was like these underground like shopping malls and there was like these water slides. It was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, what, well, at least one question. If, uh, of the dreams that you can remember, what is your favorite dream? That's it, right there. That, that the the water the slides dream. at Burning Man, that's it. That was the one. Uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, so it turns to your previous question, yes, keeping a dream diary is awesome. I do keep one myself now, uh, and I usually, what you have to do if you want to do this is you need to write it immediately upon waking. It has to be the first thing you do. Like, I will reach over grab my phone, open up the notes application, and I write down the dreams. So because I, the longer you wake, the more amnesia right. takes so in. I've, I've, looked in, I've looked into this in the past because I have, like I said, I've been very interested in exploring uh, you know, sleep, and, and, and not seriously, but just sort of casually. And, and one of the things uh, that I had this idea for, and, and then somebody actually made it, uh, was effectively an alarm clock that would somehow keep track of your sleep cycle and then wake you during... You're like right after your REM sleep. So that way you could wake up in that state rather than waking up and, and going through the sort of normal, Absolutely. you know, um, and then and then that would help you. So, uh, you know, I wonder if something but but I'm, I'm also at the same time, I have to admit, I really like sleeping and I'm and I'm and I'm concerned that I'm going to, you know, end up with less re- less refreshing yeah, you sleep don't, you, that's not that's not so just because you happen to remember your dreams just as long as you complete your proper cycles does not interrupt your health in any way as far as as far as i know um i also something else i think i'd love to discuss on here a lot of you have probably experienced this out there where you're falling asleep and, and you're getting into that first stage stage one we call it sleep and then you suddenly you jerk upwards and you just wake up you feel like you're falling and you i've just... fallen off curbs yes there yeah. you go but you suddenly wake up and i've seen you do it actually yeah. time sleep that actually has a name it's called a hypnic jerk and so there is actually the scientific explanation there which i think is fantastic that you have that chemical and you're just it's like the opposite of the sleep paralysis you're just kind of thrown thrown upwards thrown awake right. from that stage interrupted by so... a brain you know all these hypno words make me make me then think do, do, do you think yeah does it have do you think it has something to do with hypnosis i'm always fascinated when we go to renaissance fair and i watch the the public the show. hypnosis show and i and and of course i am total skeptic on this and i believe that it's all nonsense but uh i, I apparently there are people who can be induced into, you know, a hypnotic state for whatever reason. I think it's um, fascinating. And, and they just sort of filter through them. Have you seen these people who do these instant inductions in hypnosis? Yeah. They kind of just tap them. They're just like on the floor unconscious. Yeah. It's like, that's scary. Is that real? I don't know. I actually, have, I'm, I personally don't know if I believe in hypnosis. Have I seen people do it? Do I believe it comes down to a degree of suggestibility? Right. Every, every time I've, offered myself up to a hypnosis thing they'll usually ask me some questions and i'm usually deemed not the yeah. right person for it for whatever reason i think because i'm not susceptible to it 
because right. you have to believe in it to a degree for one thing. But remember one time we were in Littleton at that tavern. We met this chap and he was a professional that. hypnosis. I, I want to say he helped us move sorry. something. Isn't that what it was? Yeah. He helped us move some, some furniture. But he said he could do instant induction and that fascinated me. Yeah. You know, but I don't know if I believe in it, but I do think it's really interesting isn't it because you'll see these people on stage and they're pretending to be chickens and things and it's like how right how is that happening right i mean at the same time i could also just imagine that there are people in the world who want it to be true and and therefore play along yes just because they don't want to be embarrassed embarrassed and 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 they're and they're just the sort of people that that you know need that to happen but i mean but then is that distinguishable from actual hypnosis right you know I, they also I, have a lot of sexy hypnosis. I've seen things. Right. There's a lot of porn dedicated to right. hypnosis, interestingly. Right. We're getting off topic. Hypnosis could honestly it's, be it's, its still the hypno. It's still the hypno program. Yeah, it, it could easily be uh, its own episode, much like consciousness. So let me ask you this. So the, you know, the, the idea of, of, you know, so I think there's a difference between the, the lucid dreaming where you're interacting sort of within your own head and this idea that somehow you could leave that environment and 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 go elsewhere look on a chalkboard or whatever um yeah they're two separate things right but the point but, is a lot of people believe it's the but same at the, but at the same time i mean at the end of the day your consciousness is projected i mean at, at the end of the day you know you are you know you're not really in your head uh, or so we or, believe, or so we believe. Yes. um it's, I, I always find it fascinating that the ancient Egyptians believed that the the seat of consciousness was actually in the heart, and that the brain was yes. something that you could just that you could just they would just mush it They'd out. Put a, uh, yeah, a like they thought it was they thought it was just like uh, mucus and, and stuff. It. Yeah, oh, it was bad. Which is which is an odd concept but because then they'd put you know, everything else in canopic jars and thought it was very important. Yeah, but Super and now now we but know I mean now well brain. we do and we don't and, we, and we've done some some various you well, know we obviously we definitely know that dreaming takes place in the brain. That's right. That's right. And we can and we can even tell you exactly where there's actually different different yeah, parts of the brain that that, that, that get very that and get that's very where active. the name the hypnic actually comes from is from yeah. the hippocampus so i wonder i wonder um you know do, do you think at the end of the day that do you think that we will we will come to some conclusion at some point where where by exploring the dream state that it actually informs and tells us something about the conscious state, about you know the non-dream state, the waking state, because there is this sort of sense, you know, and and it's the the uh, the, the nursery rhyme, right? About the you know life is but a dream, right? In fact, one of my one of my least my favorite scenes of awful Star Trek involves uh, Spock not being able to understand that because they're singing. There's it's in like the terrible Star Trek movie where they go to the center of the universe and find God or whatever. But at the beginning of the movie, they're, they're at like Yosemite and they're singing, row, row, row your boat. And then, and then Spock gets all confused. He's like, but Captain, life is not just a dream. You know, and, and he gets somehow confused by this. But the, the point is, though, that, um, you know, it is still, it is still you know, a, a creation. For your brain creates your reality from the stimulus that it gets from the outside world. Yeah, everything you're seeing is actually. And so, and so, in fact, exactly. And, so, and and there's there's a very in a very real sense, you know, it's all created. I mean, even the the particles of of light that you pick up, you know, it's you know, it's just it. it's just how you perceive it, right? And if you look at different animals, they perceive it entirely differently. Right. So what you're seeing is not what a dog sees. So here's 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 my here's what I would like to know. Do you see colors in dreams? Yes. Can you see colors that you can't see in dreams? 
I would I wouldn't be able to answer that question constantly. Like if if you're colorblind, do you dream colorblind? You I, want just oh, as have, oh here's a, here's something I can answer. I have spoken to people who are blind and asked them about that, and they definitely dream. Yes. And if they could see before they were blind, they can still see in their dreams. Interesting. But if they were born blind, then they just. It's how whatever, because we can't really tell what they're perceiving. They're still having dreams, though. Right. It's just a different perception because they've not been introduced to the hallucinatory environment that we are introduced to. So everything in your dreams is simulation is the point anyway. So what I have noticed is that I remember poignantly in a dream I had a few weeks ago, actually, and this wasn't a lucid dream, but I just happened to remember it quite well, but we were in a car turning round a bend on a mountain and there was a lake with a resort across the lake and the the light was shining onto the water and it was so beautiful and realistic, hyper-realistic. It was actually more beautiful than anything I've seen in this world. And it's hard to explain that while making it make sense because it was almost more HD, more pixelated intensely. Do you know what I mean? There was more information there. And we look at like the mantis shrimp, uh, which is a little creature. It's a sad story about that. I don't know. But but you, you talk about the mantis shrimp. Yeah, the mantis shrimp has... So in our eyes, we have these cones, right? Right. And it allows us to perceive a certain set of colors. The mantis shrimp sees, it has has crazy amount of cones. It's seen so many colors, but we would never on the spectrum even be able to perceive in our current bodies. Yeah, it it turns out, I actually did research on this, that's actually not true. I mean, it does have have all these extra cones, but it turns out that they're not actually any more responsive to colors. They did an experiment where they showed it different colors, you know, well, they, they, they really tested. It's, as I said, it's a very tragic thing Where because I, was thinking I really the shrimp saw, saw, saw things that, yeah. Beyond the rainbow. Right, right, right. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's, that's made me sad. Yeah, actually. sometimes science sucks. It does. But here's the thing, can the mantis shrimp still punch like fast? It can. It can, fa- it can punch, it can punch and, uh, and, and, fa- and it, it, uh, it creates a, a little uh, hypersonic bubble that actually is actually hotter than the sun yes. for, for a moment. Which is break which is which is so pretty good. Arm. So yeah, <laughs> it's. I think the mantis shrimp is badass and almost could be agreed. Its own episode. Agreed. Agreed. And it, it, but it does. The reality is, it does actually have all those extra codes. It's just not. It just. It, it just. It just because it only has you know so many sort of uh, you know neurons to, to process it, it. It it uses it in a much more broad sense than to to appreciate the, the various colors. I think. Right. Right. So what's the animal? Is it the dog? Is one that perceives things on a UV scale? So they're seeing. A lot. Of, a lot of animals do. Right, or yeah. kind of almost infrared typing. Do then are they dreaming in that? They must be. Right? Do they? Do they have? Do they have ultraviolet dreams? Ultraviolet dreams. There you go. It's a good sounds name. pleasant. It's a, it sounds pleasant. Sounds like a band name. It does it? sound like a band name. I was thinking Radiolab did an episode on the mantis shrimp, didn't they? They did. I think that's where I actually learned yeah. most of the information. I, I, that's why I was on thinking. Yeah. No. 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 They. It, it's. It's not. It's not an untrue. You know, fascinating thing to to ponder over. The problem is that they actually did the science and they found out that was not the case. But it is it is a fascinating concept. Now, do you do you hear things in dreams? You can also not only that. Yes, definitely, you can hear things in How dreams. About smell. You can smell things, and I'll give you an example. Taste. Taste. And yes, today. Well, here's an example. Last night in a dream, I was given a beverage that was pink, and I tasted it, and it was the most sublime, unusual taste. Nothing I've ever tasted in real life. And I just remember thinking in the dream, and I think it was the trigger that made it lucid. 
I was like, this is crazy. If this existed in real life, this would be great. It tastes like raspberry infused with rainbows. Like it was really <laughs> weird tasting. But oh, that's wonderful. fascinating. That's yeah, fascinating. really, really strange tasting. So yes, you can taste. So I, I wonder... also can perceive like if there's a breeze blowing, I actually feel the coolness against yeah, yeah, my yeah. skin very, very specifically. And then, of course, if you're having sex in a dream, all of that tactile sensation is going. Let me ask you this well. question. Would you be at all surprised if it turns out that this is all just simulation? I wouldn't be surprised at all. We talked about this in another episode. I would actually be quite happy with that. Yeah. Because I always like games like... It certainly seems like a, a fairly nice uh, explanation for dreams and whatnot. If, I mean, because if, if you're already simulating everything, you know, the idea is that... And, you know, we've talked before about the idea of utility of dreams, right? That somehow dreams are for exploring scenarios... So that you're ready right, to handle a, them in real life. Right, there's a belief that your dreams are there to take you through sometimes very, like I've unfortunately had several dreams where you've died and they're always very traumatizing to a point where I will be crying and I'll right. wake up and I'm crying in real life. And I think a lot of the reason we have those is to prepare us sometimes for things right. that may happen to us whether it's a lot of people will have zombie apocalypse dreams. But, because, it's really but, they're, gonna be, but they're going to be ready. I hate them. Every, zombie dreams, nightmares, Daphne's, they're definitely nightmares, are my least favorite. And I think mainly the most, the best thing that comes out of lucid dreaming is that you can turn that off in a second. So if you're having a nightmare and you're lucky enough to become lucid, you can you can change that in a heartbeat. Do you, do you find in your life that you have moments where you where you feel like this is like in a dream? Like, like no. I'm going to say this is like the, the Luke Skywalker Empire Strikes Back scene where he's he's on, he's obviously had a vision from uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi telling him to go to Dagobah. He gets to Dagobah mm-hmm. and he looks around and he says, it's like something out of a dream. You yeah, know? no, but there's something I do have interesting, they're very different to me, but interestingly in dreams sometimes, and it only happens in my dreams, I'll have extreme sensation of deja vu that sometime many years ago I'd had an identical dream and it's reusing that ah. simulation, the exact one. I'm like, oh, I remember this place, but only from this crazy dream I didn't remember before, but I had years ago, and now it's being remembered in this oh, particular environment. But I ultimately think the reason why I'm so fond of dreaming and think it has so much potential in scientific research and that it's incredibly people like to the point where you get this sleep paralysis and stuff people genuinely believe it's still ghosts and stuff even just to, even yeah, to this sure. day we don't people are not really researching the potential of it you know we have these games like world of warcraft and stuff i feel like if we tapped into this your brain has the most perfect simulator existing and if you could somehow tap into that you could have hyper realistic like second life alternative reality then there's a question so the, so so I will, I will I think we're nearly wrapping up but I will tell you about one of my one of my favorite films uh, is this movie called Until the End of the World it's a good movie and in the movie they basically have, have invented this this guy's invented this device um, to allow his mother who is blind to see his family and whatnot again to see her family again so they, he goes around and he makes these these video recordings and then you know, he can show them to his mom. And so apparently his mom lives in the, in the outback of Australia. So the, most of the movie takes place in the outback of Australia after some satellites happen or whatever. But one of the things that they find is that you can actually use this device to record your dreams yes. and then you can watch it. You can watch them again. And Which so they just this, had and, in what TV show? Um, it's about the virtual reality. The upload one, maybe? Upload, you can yeah. watch like your memories in the hairstyle but, thing. But, the, but, the, but in the movie... Um, 
one of the things is it's very addictive, right? Is that is that you know people people rather than like living their lives and wanting to exist, want to just sit around and watch their dreams. I would do that. Right? See, this this is maybe yeah. not a good thing. You should be careful what you wish for. It's a great movie though. It yeah. has a great soundtrack as well. Yeah. And ultimately, I think lucid dreaming is a powerful tool and not something to be feared, something that we should certainly be exploring. And I encourage all of you listening to explore it, to explore your dreams more. Even if you if you can't get that ability to lucid dream, to write down the dreams you're having, you know, because in some respects, those are memories and those are experiences. So there's great power in that. With that, without further ado, I think it's time maybe, to say goodnight. Maybe, maybe, your, maybe your farewell catchphrase should be, Sweet, Sweet dreams. dreams. It almost sounds Lex Warlake. <laughs> so we've been talking about this catchphrase sometimes. I like this chap called Lex Wall. He does a podcast called Anything Ghost. At the end of every episode, he has a catchphrase. He goes, take care. And that's like his catchphrase. Yeah. I cannot, for life of me, I think maybe by episode 300. Sweet dreams feels good. I'll, have a, good. I'll have a catchphrase. Anyway, yes. Sleep tight. All right. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Farewell from the bed. <laughs> <laughs>